what I'm really getting at here is that there's a physical, there's a physical attributes that will help somebody um, do something like an ice bath. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's very much this other side of the mentality and the sort of like mindset. That's a huge part of it as well. And I think that's what the that's why the looks can be so deceiving. Welcome to Long We Live Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Vetrichikoskaita. I'm here to remind you the power of your mind and that you are the creator of your life and your story. We'll talk about all things mind, body and soul and the connection between our inner dialogue, our thoughts and how it affects our bodies. I'll share my best advice, lessons and mindset shifts so you could stop overthinking and find peace of mind. Today's guest is Lei Yuan. He is a breathwork and cold exposure coach. He facilitates and teaches breathwork. He has spent years exploring breathwork as a way to help ease pain, anxiety and stress. It's hard to believe that Lei was born in Australia because he loves the cold so much and has spent over a decade living in Finland, enjoying cold winters and even doing underwater freediving. But he, before he was so in love with the cold, he has gone through a rough adaptation journey and Lei shares this in this episode. His deep passion for breathwork has led him to explore mindset and how the inner mechanism works when people are doing breathwork. And this also opened up the door for spiritual practices. This is part one of my conversation with Lei. Listen to the part two where we discuss what a healthy masculine is and spirituality. And in this part, you will learn how stress and cold can be beneficial and what mistakes to avoid when starting dipping into an ice cold water and how you can become a superhuman. Hey, Lee, it's so lovely to have you on the show. Thank you for coming. I think we're going to have a great time. And thank you for joining me today. Happy to be here. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I want to ask you, I know that you are originally from Australia and I know that you are in love with cold. Could you tell me what is the backstory? How did it happen that you are coming from hot climate? and fell in love with the cold so much yeah that's the that's the funny thing like i'm uh, you know from australia the the weather is completely different the climate's different the culture's different um you know basically everything's very different it's very multi, um multicultural like everybody who lives in australia is from different place or have some sort of heritage elsewhere uh and then you know i my mother's actually english She's, she's born in the UK and um, to be honest, I never really felt like I fit in. Uh, like I enjoyed my childhood and everything like that, but um, I, I just looking back, I never really fit in. I was always trying to, um, I, was, I was seeking something or searching something and I don't know what, what, you know, I just, I couldn't wait to go overseas and, and go to Europe and because my mother is English, it's possible to uh, visit there um, without any, like I don't need any EU passports or anything like that at the time. Um, so I could just come and go from the UK um, with my with this special page in my passport. And then I said, okay, let's do it. Let's go. And I packed up and left to the UK and then, um, you know, had some fun there and, you know, was like, uh, you know, exploring and um, happened to meet, uh, you know, there's a really, really long story for this, but I'll give you the really short one um, and met a Finnish girl there. 
working in a sports sports store or like a, a swimsuit sports and sort of snow and surf store it was in the richest street in the whole of the UK met a Finnish girl there um, and then we got we kind of got together we visited Australia after a while because London really wasn't for me and when I got back to Australia I was thinking you know what like I'm still not ready I'm still I haven't I didn't get what I needed uh, from living overseas for almost a year so I, I want to I think I want to go to Finland and give it a, a chance you know and see what that's all about and of course at, you know I, I was one of the I really had no idea about Finland whatsoever. I thought there was polar bears living here and, um, you know, all this, all this sort of stuff. So, you know, I enrolled in university, uh, got, got accepted into the university and, um, you know, kind of was ready, you know, ready, like ready to live in Finland. And after about eight months, the relationship, you know, didn't work, you know, it was the wrong, it was quite toxic relationship to be honest. Um, and, Yet I've wanted to stay here. I wanted to stay here and um, figure out like what, what what is what what's kind of led me here. What's called me here? And um, yeah, after after now it's fourteen years later that I'm talking to you here, and uh, I'm still here. <laughs> it's possible to survive this long. Wow, it has been fourteen years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it seems that you have been really attracted to Finland for a reason. It, like that. it really feels like that, you know, like um, it took me many years to uh, actually understand this. Like I was thinking that I was at the start, I felt maybe a bit forced, like, you know, I, I didn't, I was a student. I didn't really have so much money. So it wasn't so easy to kind of travel back to Australia anyway. So I kind of had to make it work initially. But um, yeah, as time's gone on, it really feels like, now now it's quite clear why I'm here why why I was why I'm supposed to be here and what you know everything kind of moved in this way to have me right in this position that I'm sitting here in now could you share your why with us yeah well one of those things is what you've mentioned the cold um you know uh the cold and sort of by by sort of association breathing and breath work um you know the the for me for me, uh, getting used to not not just getting used to the climate here in Finland, but sort of understanding how to do things in winter and how to engage and sort of participate in the winter. Um, that meant to me, it didn't mean skiing. It meant going to the cold water and, and having the sauna, you know, and uh, having these kind of contrasting you know, my life is a little bit of full of contrast, you know, as an Australian living in Finland. So having the hot sauna and the cold, really cold water, this was just something that was ended up being becoming really fun. It wasn't fun initially. It took a lot. It was a, a, a steep learning curve. But eventually that was something that was really, you know, it was, it was kind of my thing, you know. And then, um, you know, I'm a typical, you know, masculine or male. And I live a lot, you know, I live my life, very in a very physical way you know like I go to the gym um I'm enjoying sports um you know many other things but like through this kind of through the cold exposure and then through also breathing I found that there's this other side um you know if you want to call it like a spiritual side or this kind of like um down regulation and and sort of more internal and this this was like a really big breakthrough for me. This is this is kind of like 
how I started to grow as a person um, and actually find myself and sort of, if you want to say, find my calling and find the reason why I'm here, uh, not only in Finland, but maybe even in this pla- on this planet, in this world, in this universe. And uh, yeah, that, that's where it all kind of tied together. So yeah, it was kind of like, it felt like by accident, but it actually feels like, at this point, it feels like design, you know? <laughs> I, I know that you are interested a lot in the spiritual side, but I also want to go back a little. Yeah. And as you said, um, when you came to Finland, you kind of like didn't have a choice and everything was very different from where you are from. And you got to get used to the cold winters. And I assume that was when you started to be interested in the cold exposure. How did it look like? How did you got into that? Oh, well, look, how, how that started was it was by like um, my stubborn, pro- oh, I need to prove something to somebody, you know, and it wasn't myself at that point. Mm, okay. it, it was sort of uh, my work colleagues uh, had these, you know, they they wanted to surprise me at this Christmas party and uh, we had the sauna together after we had this, you know, food and everything like this and then we have this nice sauna and then, you know, they wanted to take me down. They said, okay, Australia, Aussie, you're, it's time for you to go into this cold, you know, this little hole in the ice and uh, I was like, oh, my God, really? Like, you know, is this just some sort of funny initiation thing or something? But actually the... I don't know if they all all did it, you know, like uh, consistently, but they kind of, you know, get made, gave the appearance that that's like a normal thing to do. So they kind of wanted to film me in there and make some funny videos and things like that. And I went in there and last, you know, I, I took, you know, a couple of seconds and was like, oh, my God, I, you know, my body's, it's so painful. It feels like pins and needles in my body. I got out and ran back to the sauna and then for the next three months that everybody's like showing me these videos like, hey, do you know this guy? Look at look at your face right now, you know. <laughs> you know they, they were enjoying that. And then funnily enough, the next year, the same Christmas party, uh, kind of same kind of thing, not the same location but the same kind of um, event and I'm like in the back of my mind, I think they're going to make me do this again. I have a feeling they're going to make me do this again. And sure enough, the time came and, uh, yeah, I went in again and struggled through it and sort of forced myself and it was like kind of uncomfortable and I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, that video came, you know, everyone took the video again and it became, it felt like it was becoming this kind of yearly thing where, okay, let's watch the Aussie guy struggle and look like an idiot or something. Um, And the funny thing was that I anticipated that the, the following year, it's going to happen again. So I started to make my way down to the Baltic Sea um, because, you know, I caught this one bus. Uh, it was only two stops, you know, like two stops after this building that we worked in. Um, I, You know, that the Baltic Sea is like two bus stops after. So I was like, okay, I'll just stay on the bus a couple of stops. I'll um, go down to the Baltic Sea. I'll get in the water and I'll start to train myself and get ready for this, you know, prepare myself. So I, I went down there like a lot of mornings, Not I wouldn't say like every morning, but it was like every, every, sometimes it was two days in a row, sometimes it was a couple of days off and, you know, just frequently going down there. 
And as the weather changed, ice started forming and I was learning that ice is sharp. So I was like cut my legs sometimes going in because I've never experienced ice before. Um, you know, one many times I thought like I was I, I went too far and I've, I, I've done something wrong and I might, you know, am I going to, am I hurting myself here or, you know, I, I was very scared sometimes. But, you know, I, I kept I kept persisting and I just kept pushing, you know. And surely enough, the Christmas party came and this time I felt more than ready. And so I came, uh, we went there and they guys, it, exactly the same situation again. They wanted to take a video. But this time I went in with some confidence and, you know, I went down inside of this hole in the ice and, you know, calmed my breathing, relaxed and just looked at those guys. And I could see that the fun, you know, the, 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 the whole, <laughs> there was a shift. There was a shift that happened. The seesaw went the other way. And I was like, oh, my God, now these people were thinking, now I have to beat the Aussie. I, we have to stay in longer than the Aussie. Oh, my God, how long is he going to stay in there now? It's like already like a couple of minutes now. So, um, you know, this was like a, a bit of a proud moment. But um, and this everything that I mentioned was not really this is not how because like nowadays I'm helping people with this. I'm teaching people about this. I'm explaining how how what happens in the nervous system and how the breathing plays a role in that. And all of these things that I'm teaching now, um, I wasn't doing any of those things you know, uh, when I, you know, like when I was ex almost experimenting or kind of forcing myself to do, to do that, it was more like, um, just, just hanging on for dear life, you know, in many ways. So, um, it was, it was fun for me to be able to learn like what was happening. Why can I do this? Um, what's happening inside my body? How, how, like, is it really the breathing that calms my mind and, uh, is it relaxing? And then, the really beautiful thing was actually uh, all of these, the same way that, um, you know, stress or anxiety or anything, like anything that's kind of triggers the nervous system, um, the same way that it happens in the cold, actually it happens if someone cuts you off when you're driving the car and has a road rage or if someone yells at you or you feel nervous about going on in, in, before a group of people and talking something, presenting something. It's exactly the same process uh, in the body. And that means we can use exactly the same tools, you know, so the breathing um, to sort of like downregulate and manage that situation. So it was really fun to be able to connect the physical side with the sort of internal mechanism to be able to control that or influence that. I love the story like the turning point where everyone was looking at you <laughs> when yeah. they thought that you not, won't be able to like stay in there and they like what and turns out you are the teacher now and you know what's going on in the body as you said yeah and I, I still bump into the guys I still bump into them every so often and they're always laughing remember that time when <laughs> yeah but do you, you see what I do now do you see what I do now <laughs> so, have you taught them though how to stay longer in the freezing water <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah and I, I want you to share some of the mistakes that you made because as you said you really went through an experimental path you were going there to prove something not because you were very eager to learn how to do it and then initially you learned about the benefits what it does to the body and about internal mechanism as you said so could you share like what are some mistakes that you made yeah, of course. I mean, like I would say, like in in retrospect, it's 
you know, the whole intention of me doing that is probably a mistake <laughs> in many ways. Um, you know, there's a, there's a certain, certain um, you know, like a, like I wasn't, I didn't, there's no, there's not really any one time before I, you know, that one moment where I, you know, got in the ice uh, before all my colleagues, there wasn't even one time, maybe a couple of times right towards the end, but like, I, I didn't really want to do that at any point. It was more about like kind of forcing myself to do that. And it was felt like a bit more kind of old school sort of, um, you know, almost like military, like you've got to do this, come on and drag myself there and do it. So, you know, nowadays I, I feel like to do these kind of things, you know, you it, it you know, same with everything in life. It's it, it showed me that you should come. It's it's always better, benef, more beneficial. It feels better. Um, the results go better if you have a nice intention. You kind of like want to be there. Uh, it sounds kind of basic in a way, but like you know that. That's if I was to say one thing to anybody, that would be the first thing. Like, try and try and, you know, that's right. The narrative to sort of like, okay, yeah, this is water. Like, the cold water is the cold water. It's it's it just is. I mean, we are the variable, right? Like, if I if I have a bit less sleep, bit more sleep, um, you know, a bit bit more stressed out, or a bit more in a rush, or something like this, then. You know the water's still the same temperature pretty much every single day. You know it's 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 you know during the winter it's staying pretty much pretty much the same. The ice is just growing, but I'm the variable. So um, you know you always have a choice about the intention and why you want to be there. So this is the first thing, and then there was just a lot of like physical things that I experienced that was like you know um, for example going in, um, you know trying trying to extend the time that I've been there. And having my, you know, like, like maybe panicking a little bit and thinking like, oh my god, I think I've gone too far this time. I want to warm up, and not kind of sort of allowing the body to do that naturally, warm itself up naturally, and kind of trying to make that happen too quickly. And as you know, like I, I one time, for example, I got really, really shaky. Like I, I, I really had these uncontrollable shakes when I was in there for you know maybe five six minutes for the first time, and um, yeah, that was that was one thing where I, I tried to, I, I tried to kind of I, I panicked and I, I really wanted to warm up and I felt like a lot of movement um, would do that, and actually what what that ends up doing is kind of like make pushing the sort of cooler blood around the body and actually through the heart and that that's what causes the shaking you know so that was a huge mistake that i made that one time and it felt super uncomfortable i was shaking for like afterwards i was shaking for like felt like maybe an hour or so afterwards and then there was other little things too like um for example just going in you know i like to go in with bare feet but then when you can't see the bottom, you don't know what's there. So it's very difficult mm -hmm. to sort of like, um, and then you have ice on top as well. So, you, you know, it's, uh, you can step on things and cut your feet. When the ice, when the ice was forming, this thin layer of ice, um, I, felt, I felt like, oh, it's only thin ice. So I used my legs, like the shins of my legs to kind of like push forward on the ice and it would it would break the ice, but it's so sharp that it would cut my legs. And I didn't realize at the time until the blood started, um, you know, coming back into my legs and my extremities again. And the blood started coming out of my legs. I'm like, oh my god, I have all these cuts on my legs. 
So there's really, really quite many things and even, even how to prepare for that, like what things to bring, um, you know, funny little things like um, bring a plastic bag with you, bring two towels with you so that you can step up, stand, um, you can stand on one, you can have one underneath you so you don't have to stand on ice or snow, um, you know, just really, really small things like this, but um, it just helps the the flow. And then what kind of socks to wear? Don't wear cotton socks, wear woolen socks so that they keep warm, but then they're also easier. Um, they don't stick to your, to your feet. You can like kind of pull them on quicker. So many, many, many different things, little things, but um, it just helps make it um, a lot more comfortable, if you want to say, if you can say it like this. Shoot, but like there are so many little details. I have been in the cold water and yeah. I have went into the freezing cold water after the sauna when they like um, cut the ice, but I have never like done it myself and just listening uh, to your experience when you cut your legs and everything. And I'm like thinking you even like had to like deal with the ice for the first time. So it's even more extreme, like to that extent when thinking about your case. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah and, I had no idea. I, honestly, I had no idea. I'd, I'd not seen ice before, you know, like I'd never actually seen it before. And it was like, okay. But that's, <laughs> that's crazy that you fell in love with it so much that now you're doing underwater, uh, sorry, uh, under ice free diving. Yes. Yeah. How did you connect it? Of course, like uh, cold exposure is very much connected to the breath work, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how did you connect the dots and that spirituality came with the breath work, breath work for you? Yeah, so like to, to be really honest with you, the, the cold, my cold adventure, you know, we're talking about like, I think 2010, I think 2010 was the first time I did the cold. And then from there, I just, it started becoming a regular thing. And it was only, it was a couple of years later that, um, you know, I've been, I've been hanging around with um, people that are sort of like, um, you know, refer to themselves as biohackers. So it's looking at kind of, you know, if you want to say life in general and the human body is like a complex set of systems and, and with any system, like a computer system, you can kind of, um, you know, influence the system and have that running in a more efficient or more optimal way. So these guys were really smart, you know, and that they were really interesting to me because it was kind of, they, they were able to explain what's happening if you eat certain foods and, you know, do certain things, you know, exercise and things like that. And um, so one of my friends, he was saying like, there's this Wim Hof guy, um, he's this kind of, daredevil guy or something like this and you know he does these breathing things and that makes helps him stay in the cold longer or something like this and i was like oh okay that's interesting and so my mind is my i have this mindset where i'm i'm the sort of person who i like to learn something in a way where i could teach somebody else like that helps me learn something faster and it helps embed that you know in you know it's embedded in my my brain or it, it becomes part of me quicker if I do it like this. So I actually signed up immediately for like an instructor, instructor course with uh, Wim Hof. And, um, and I was hoping that it's possible that they're going to be able to ex ex help me explain like what's happening and help me develop my knowledge on this. 
and um you know through this process of like you know like i started before i signed up i was like okay let's try this thing and so i started doing the breathing practices at home by myself and um there's one time where i felt like i don't know like it it was amazing it was just like this uh, like i felt quite emotional i felt like blissful i felt like joy in my body i felt quite alive um, and I felt something that I've never felt before. And I said, okay, I want more of this. Like what, what, what exactly is this? Um, there's something to this breathing, you know? And so that, that kind of, it kind of, it kind of shifted the other way. Like the, the breathing almost became the first thing up from that moment. You know, the, the breathing became sort of the primary thing because that was sort of like the, the initiator for everything else to happen like the cold exposure and then by default learning with learning about this breathing um like my inquisitive mind i just wanted to learn how the wim hof method breathing was and then learn how breathe like everything i could get my hands on with breathing that's where i was kind of guided towards or like i ventured towards and i just consumed as much knowledge and information and literature as i could I signed up for many different courses and events and things like that. Of course, where I could, I wanted to become like some sort of instructor or get a cert- certification or something like this. So I, be- I went down a bit of rabbit hole of those ones. But um, actually, free diving kind of popped up, popped up pretty quickly, you know, um, because holding your breath is also part of the Wim Hof method. And um, I'm like, okay, these free divers can hold their breath for like five, six, seven, eight minutes, some of them. Um, so like, let's, there's something to learn here for sure. And, um, then I kind of, I found out that there's people here in Finland, there's like only a few people, um, growing number of people now, but back in those days, it was more like just a a small group of people that are kind of like getting the wetsuits on and going under the ice. They have their actual gear to go under the ice and, and do free diving under the ice with wetsuits on and everything like that. So I was like, I'm going to try this. And um, they they wouldn't let me come until I got like a certification in free diving. They wanted me to have a certain level of understanding and knowledge. And the funny thing was when I did the, when I did the uh, certification, the kind of like globally recognized certification for free diving, um, I did the I did the exam in about I don't know 12 minutes or something and I got like 90 something out of 100 on the exam because I already knew so much about breathing that like I I went through and I knew everything and I felt I was pretty proud about that I'm like okay this is a pretty good measuring stick for my knowledge of breathing and then I was ready then I was ready to go so it was only from the certification it was only like um maybe a couple of weeks later that I um I was doing the first ice diving um, my first ice diving experience in Finland. What kind of breath work did you do when you felt that blissful state for the first time? Yeah, it was it was the Wim Hof method. It was the Wim Hof method breathing. So it was like I've tried it many times before. You know, this is you know, like you've probably done it before. It's it's sort of like thirty or thirty or forty breaths. Like you know, not really how you know, just breathing, like just breathing through your mouth. Just breathing in and out, in and out 30, 40 times, and then doing those pauses. So that was kind of like the breath hold, uh, the fun part for me where everything slows down and it becomes, you know, and I put some music on and things like that. Um, but then also you you take that nice big deep breath of air in and kind of re- re- reload your body with oxygen. 
and um, doing sort of like when, when I kind of refined my own technique of this and I, and I kind of um, linked all of those components of that technique together correctly, um, that was the, the that, that showed me also that like it's not about like just breathing. You have to, there's a sort of like it's about breathing correctly. It's about mm -hmm. um, tying those little components of that technique kind of together and kind of looping them without any sort of disruption um, and doing so in a sort of really relaxed way and a really natural way. And when I kind of got that point, that's when I had this, in a way, if you want to call it like a breakthrough, mm -hmm. and I was just so amazing. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, give me more of this, you know, give me more of this. And also, my like, I wanted to share this with other people too. Yeah, yeah. Right before you, I was talking with a freediving psychologist and I want to ask you, because I believe that you, like you came from a very um, good point of view to the freediving, but I want to ask you what freediving as a sport is for you. What does it mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question because I'm, you know, I'm the sort of person who's also like, I don't, <laughs> I'm getting better at this at the, the, you know, at the ripe old age of now, like I'm 41 years old now, you know, so um, I'm getting better at this, but I'm still really, really kind of like ad hoc or I do things like really quickly and I'd never done any freediving before, you know. I'd never done anything before, I'd, not even in Australia. I mean, of course, in pools, you're kind of diving around a little bit and so on, but it never was a thing. And it was so, like, the the point of me going into freediving was literally because I wanted to go under the ice. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing. And to be honest, I've, I think when I did the outdoor, like I, I did this open water freediving course like uh, two years ago, But have you done it in Finland as well? Yeah, yeah. So we, we it's exactly the same place, the, the exactly the same place where I dive under the ice, I dive in the water uh, for the open, you know, in the summer season, I dive dive down like uh, 25 meters or whatever it was, like the, like the you know, this is the, this is the funny thing with me is that I do everything like, like max almost straight away. Like I'm not kind of, uh, I think it was two dives. The first dive... Uh, for that, for the certification, they said we need to go to, I think it was 12 meters uh, or, or no, no, 10 meters or something. And first dive, I think we did like 14 or 15 meters. And then um, there was a marker on the line. And then the next question was, okay, how, how far does this thing go down? How far does the line go down? They said it's about 25 meters. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go. If it's okay with you, I'm going to go down there on the next dive. So on the second dive ever of free diving, I actually I went to 25 meters straight away. So this is this is kind of like so. Yeah, that this is my kind of like if you talk about the psychology behind these things, it's just about like, you know, there's no fear of 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 failure in here by me. It's just full commitment to doing the thing, you know. And that's whether it's the breathing exercise, whether it's uh, going into a hole in the ice whether it's uh, signing up and going to Wim Hof's course and then going to Poland and hiking the mountain with basically just shorts on with him um, or whether it's doing a free diving or whatever else, doing a presentation on stage. There's just not a fear there. There's, I don't have, I've never, like I've, 
I can't say I've never had that. I have, of course, had that fear before. But I would say that now it's not present. It's not present because, you know, like I feel like I have the tools to sort of um, mitigate that and kind of get out in front of that. But then also there's like this self-confidence that comes from, um, you know, just understanding the body and understanding that like, what you know, you have everything you need inside of you. You have everything. Everybody has everything they need inside of you to do some amazing things. Like, you know, and well, in, for example, like I'm, I'm now getting, I'm filming this TV sh- TV show, and it's called it's called Superhumans, and you know they they are they look at me like they're asking the question whether I'm superhuman, and this is kind of like a very uncomfortable thing for me personally because. And, and, and thankfully the show has also kind of got this theme of like, um, you know, because the host of the show will come with me and learn something. In this case, it's cold exposure. And the point, the point is that um, these kind of, in a way, superhuman feats can be learned and be performed by anybody. And that's kind of the idea of the show. Of course, there's some people that have different genetics and they have different... Um, you know, possibilities because of physical things that, you know, maybe bigger lungs or, you know, bigger hearts or, you know, what, you know, whatever it is, uh, different genetics. But um, actually in most cases, in just about all cases, it's just the the willingness and the intention and then some sort of repetitive uh, training and understanding and learning. Actually anybody can do just about anything. And this is the most empowering thing that uh, um, like, that I found and that's what gives me the fuel to do, to keep pushing things just a little bit further. Um, I'm slowing down a little bit. I'm not trying to, you know, now I'm not trying to dive a hundred meters under the ice or anything like that, at least not now, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's kind of a super empowering thing to say, like I I can do this um, and I'm, I'm super comfortable with doing this. I love how you added, at least not now, but maybe in the future. You never know. You never know. <laughs> you sound like a pretty good experimenter to me. The one who doesn't um, doesn't get scared to try things out. You know, some of us we are like very intimidated by the idea of something new coming into our lives. And when you said that anybody can do this, would you say there are some differences between men and women when they are doing cold exposure? Uh, yeah, of course there can be. Of course, the, the the regular things, for example, if um, you know, if if a woman's in a menstrual cycle, for example, that that has a huge effect on the hormones in the body. So it can be a bit more challenging, for example, um, which of which I've definitely experienced with uh, some people that have come with me before on the on the especially on the ice diving. Um, and then, of course, we're looking at like you know overall, uh, you know. The male body is usually a bit bigger, has more lung capacity, um, um, things like this. But um, to be really honest with you, to be really honest with you, when I do ice baths, women always seem to outperform the men. I've never, it's very rarely, it's like really now I'm thinking about this because I've, I've, I've once thought about this before as well when I was talking about this before, but the it's very rarely that a, a, a female has actually kind of got out or had a very, very strong sort of like reaction. There's been many times that I can recall where men 
have um, felt, you know, like almost like they can't walk because they're sort of, they've connected, you know, there's some sort of extra connection or they're very sensitive to the the feeling or the lack of feeling, Mm. for example, in the legs. And it's happened, it's happened with some really, you know, muscular looking guys that you would, you would look at that, you would look and say, wow, this is like a sculpted out, you know, this is a statue waiting to happen, you know, like this kind of body, uh, body type that this person has spent a lot of time, um, you know, developing all the muscles in the body. Um, but then this person's not being able, like almost, you know, like really making this kind of noise with, you know, and, and really feeling the pain. Whereas, the ladies don't seem to have that same reaction. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's uh, also what I've, I've noticed. One, one big difference as well is that um, women seem a little bit more goal oriented inside of that, uh, inside of the eyes. So if you give, give a, a, um, a female uh, this kind of like goal to go towards, they, they seem to really get out there and try and try and hit that target. Whereas the, the men are sort of like, like yeah, they're a bit more sort of like uh, they jump into it, but then after some time, they kind of they lose concentration and they're kind of looking around like, "Are we done yet?" or something <laughs> major, you know. So that's that's kind of it's a, it's a bit anecdotal and it's not completely you know this everyone's different, but these are like if I was to really look collectively, those are things that I've noticed for sure. That's an interesting observation, and you wanted to say something, but you stop yourself there. Where you're like, oh, I don't know if it's because of. I like I have my own idea as well. Why females can stay longer in those cold baths? But what would you say you would guess the reason is? Well, it also you know like obviously for any any woman that's given birth before, I think that's like a pretty pretty strong um, moment in time where you know you know there's you know the breathing techniques there's something mm-hmm. there it might have it might sort of simulate like if you if you're sort of sitting down in a bath I, I mean a lot of women give birth in a in a bath admittedly it's not an ice cold bath but you know some there might be some similarity there but then yeah. also the breathing is is very similar as well you know when you're you know you know initially people are sort of breathing quite heavily when they're inside the cold and it's sort of like you know that's the that's the point of time where the, you can see how the person is doing when they start dialing back the breathing and they kind of grab control of the breathing and slow it down and lengthen the exhales like this, um, and and you know so for for a woman who's given birth before, I think this is kind of like almost like it feel it might it might have there might be some memory there or some sort of blood memory of of this scenario and it might be a bit more easier. But um, then again, there's been really many, many women who haven't had children mm. before that kind of show the same characteristics and the same sort of, um, if you want to say, like ability or strength in that particular moment, you know. Um, yeah. I, I think the mindset thing, I, I think the mindset thing is, is a, big, a big thing. Uh, it's not to say that, uh, you know, I'm not trying, like, you can you can probably hear in my voice. I'm not trying to cast a net over every female or every male, but I, I'm just sort of speaking anecdotally of of like, you know, kind of like if we were doing law of averages or something like this. I would say that generally speaking, women really perform perform quite well. Um, 
more more so than men. And uh, can I say can I say maybe that the 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 focus might be a little bit more there for women, from you know. Mm, that's interesting. I, I, I would probably. I, I think it's not too outlandish to say uh, that. I don't think it's too outlandish to say that. No, you can't say that. That's very. <laughs> that's a very interesting observation. You have been doing it for years, so I yeah. think you have seen like a lot of people coming in, and an interesting part that you said that like. Of course, you know this pretty well because you share about it a lot. And that you said like, oh, a man is coming in and he seems so masculine from the outside and so on. But as you know it well, um, the femininity and masculinity is in both of us Yep. from the energetic perspective level. Exactly. And I want to ask you, what is healthy masculine for you? How did you find it in your life because as you said you approached cold even from a different perspective you had been in a toxic relationships before so how how did it shift for you how did you find what healthy masculine is ah yeah it's, i mean this is these are the big questions you know like um it, it just just one little extra point i would mention is about the you know you've got this really masculine looking guy who mm. wants to go in and come on you know this guy this person who who probably identifies very much with the with the physical with the physical sort of way of living, you know, uh, identifies with the body. Uh, that's the, that's uh, for whatever reason that person has or whatever intention they have to look in this way and spend a lot of time in the gym and eating correctly and all those things. When you look, when you look a certain way, there's also becomes some sort of expectation too on some level, right? So it's very possible that that, that individual or those individuals, cause this has happened a few times with uh, men um uh where they look very strong but then also the there's probably like this expectation that oh yeah he should be able to handle this can i ask do you uh do you mean that that expectation comes from the external world from others i i think, I think it i think it comes from internal mm. i think it comes internally because people um kind of get i don't know if i can say get it mixed up but they you know if you look if you look what you know, somebody who has a lot of muscle and looks in good shape, that represents kind of strength on some level. And, you know, what I'm really getting at here is that there's a physical, there's a physical attributes that will help somebody um, do something like an ice bath. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's very much this other side of the mentality and the sort of like mindset that's a huge part of it as well. And I think that's what the, that's why the looks can be so deceiving. And, you know, this, if, if you really want to go deeper onto the physicality side, uh, you know, like this individual had like very, very little fat on the, bo- in the body as well. It was like almost like, you know, I would say maybe 5% body fat, you know? And uh, as we know as well, um, women carry a lot like more naturally more body fat and um, some of some of that fat, um, you know, when we have when we talk about brown fat in the body, that you know, the more long the longer you spend in and around cold, you, the more your body produces the brown fat, and the more brown fat you have, 
the more that seeks out white fat stores in the body and breaks that down and kind of uses that as energy and heats the body up. So there, there could be this, there, there probably is uh, this element as well, you know. So those those really, really fit guys that look great and look like they should be, you know, getting photos in a magazine or something, that's not necessarily the maybe the ideal or the most natural um format of their body to to kind of participate in this kind of this kind of thing then you add in this kind of mentality or this mindset that you're supposed to because you look a certain way you should be able to do this or you know you it's like um saying to one of these guys hey because you look so strong you should be able to lift this kind of weight at the gym well in actual fact they've kind of been training in a way where they're kind of building muscle but it's not for strength training you know what i mean so yeah so it's kind of in a way the same sort of thing. So, you know, that's not necessarily the, you know, that that was a bit of a rabbit hole uh, talking about these kind of um, additional sort of differences. But Could, you, could yeah. I just stop you for a moment? Could you tell for the listeners, for those who don't know the difference between white fat and brown fat? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's, so what there's a lot of research being done about this now because um you know every baby that's born um you know it it's unable like if a baby gets cold uh and it's like really you know it hasn't developed developed its nervous system it's not able to sort of like activate uh you know its body move around and heat itself up so actually nature <laughs> helps us out in this way and gives gives the baby brown fat uh which is sort of like it's colored brown because it has so much mitochondria inside of it and mitochondria this sort of like powerhouses or the energy factory for every cell so it's super super rich and dense in energy and what happens is that brown fat is um sort of like activated uh like i said just prior it it actively seeks out white fat stores which is kind of the more commonly um, occurring fat in the body and it it consumes that fat breaks it down and uses that as energy it creates heat in the body and then that's the way that that baby can uh, warm itself up now the researchers have 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 been thinking up until kind of all these different studies and yes Wim Hof has has helped give a shed a lot more light on this with some of the studies that he's um, he's been participating in um, but what's happening now is that there uh, scientists and researchers have understood that actually if, um, when a human human body is subject to temperatures of 18 degrees and below, the body is already start naturally producing the, the brown fat stores in preparation. It's kind of giving you extra fuel. So it's kind of like a hormetic response, which is it, which means like it's a stress for the body. Uh, the body is kind of reacting or uh, sort of adapting to the environment. And that's why you'll find that people that live in sort of Northern Europe, like where I am here, will carry brown fat uh, a lot more in the body uh, as opposed to somebody in Australia, for example, or in different warmer warmer climates. So this is kind of like a like an adaptation. And again, this is something that if you, the more you do the cold, the more your body will uh, produce the brown fat in preparation and, and in reaction to uh, to this kind of stress response. And it's like, okay, well, if this is going to keep happening, we need to keep having this fuel available. Um, and then that, this is also like why 
like biohackers have kind of been using uh, cold exposure as a way to, uh, you know, uh, burn fat, you know, doing a fast and um, then then kind of doing the cold exposure and your kind of body, you know, the, the um, metabolic rate uh, increases like 350% when you're doing this cold. So it's like ima imagine the amount of fat that you burn through as you're doing this cold, uh, especially if you're fasted and especially if you have so much brown fat in your body. So, yeah, that's the that's kind of like that's also one little key uh, to, you know, doing the cold is the more, the more you do it, the more your body um, will get used to doing it and the more you can can do it the further you can go with it as well which kind of helps me when i go under the ice as well yeah most of us in the northern hemisphere as you said like the baltic sea usually doesn't warms up that much during the summer so True. it can stay like 18 degrees during the summer so yeah it makes sense that we should have more of the brown fat right yeah. here in the hemisphere but going back to the <laughs> masculinity part yes i was waiting for us to 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 circle back to it because we yeah thanks so much for tuning in for another episode another conversation with long we live there's part two of this episode if you are looking for meaningful support which we all need to feel less stress join the long we live tribe and subscribe to the newsletter in the show notes or book a coaching session with me asap thank you for listening again and if you haven't already subscribe to the show on apple and spotify and please leave a review. If you found it insightful, share it with a friend or on your social media. Every share and comment means so much. And it's awesome and helpful.